here anyways. Barely. A lot of red lights this morning. Oh boy. How many lights do you go through? I go through a lot of lights, and if I'm at six, if I leave the house at six twenty with no red lights, I'm walking in at what, six forty, six thirty five? Something like that. Hit a lot of red lights, man. It's it's touch and go. Then I got to come up with the this how, morning on the press box. I got to come up with that tweet. And how many morning for you? Apparently, how many lights do you drive through? A lot. I take streets from Summerlin. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I think it's I only just, go through three on my way here. Oh no, I, I, I go, go four. Through, I go through four. three before I get yeah. out of the get out of the neighborhood. I go through like three and a half. And the half is what a, is a half of a, a light? half is I have to make a right turn so I can turn through a red. Okay, so it's a half uh, of a light. Okay, all right. <laughs> Ed, degenerates here. That's Tyler, Lindsay's here. She's she's in, she's with us. There she is. She there doesn't she have is. a mic though, so but we go are... ahead and say it because my mic has everyone in. Here. Oh, this is the best case scenario for everybody in this building. This yeah, morning. we're there we got go. four people in here, three mics, uh, and we might and get a fifth and room for two. <laughs> Two people or two mics? <laughs> Both. <laughs> All right. Derek Carr's a quarterback somewhere else. Let's go. That's definitely Danny's fault. That one's definitely Danny's that fault. That one was mine, but here you go. The first bite. Will Derek Carr win more games than the Raiders in 2023? Ooh, I think he will. I like that division for Big D.C., he better win more he games than the win Raiders. More games with that division. If they don't win more games than the Raiders this season. Either the Raiders were actually good, or the Saints and Derek Carr were just a atrocious train, train, wreck, wreck. train wreck to make that yeah. decision. What I have found funny though, Jason Fitz just said it. If you're listening to right. uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, they had Jason Fitz on, and he just said it, and other people have said it too. Derek Carr is playing in a dome. Derek Carr has good weapons. Derek Carr's got a good defense. He had two of those three things last year in Vegas and sucked. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? If Derek Carr was bad last year, had better weapons last year than he's going to have in New Orleans. Lowest numbers in some of his lowest numbers in his career. And playing the dome. Like, the only thing the Saints are offering better Better than the Raiders is the defense is better. But it's not two things. Saints are still 18 million. Well, actually more, depending on what the Derek Carr cap it is. The Saints are still going to be 20-something, 30-something million over the cap. So if they make those cuts on defense, how much better is the defense going to be than the Raiders last year? It's going to be better, but it's not like we're talking about the Saints having a top-five defense next year. They're going to have, what, the 13th best defense in the league. We need to calm down here on this whole perfect situation for Derek Carr. It's fine, but he had a great offensive situation last year. It wasn't any good. Saying Fitzy's off the ball? He is. All right, we'll have him on he's tomorrow. A, he's tell, a, t- tell he's a little bit of a Derek Carr defender. Oh, I th- there's no question about that. Well, he's a Raider guy. He's a Raider I mean, guy. So, I mean, he's he's going to he likes you've, Derek. You're on Twitter. Go on Twitter. Half the Raider fans are like, we screwed up and let Derek Carr yes. go. He's the greatest quarterback we've yeah. ever had. The other half are like, thank God that bum is gone. A lot of them he's are Jamarcus wish- Russell. A lot of them are, that you and I know are wishing him well. Yeah. When in reality, he's a... Fine quarterback. And it is what it is. Uh, so, his con- it's a contract. Contract details. Uh, it is a four-year deal that could be worth $150 million. But the guaranteed money for Carr, $60 million is fully guaranteed right now. There's an additional $10 million that becomes guaranteed basically as long as he doesn't get cut after the first season. So... Essentially, Derek Carr has $70 million mm-hmm. guaranteed because it's highly, highly unlikely 
that he would get cut after one year because they would still have to pay him an extra thirty million dollars. So he if got they cut him thirty more. If it hadn't, if the Raiders hadn't moved on, yes. Yeah, so he, he had basically forty point five million guaranteed yeah. on his Raiders deal. Now he's getting sixty, which is more likely to be seventy, as long as something doesn't go horror like just he's the worst quarterback in the league right. and gets cut in year one. What I thought was funny is the fourth year on Derek Carr's contract is complete unguaranteed. There's no guarantee for his fourth year. The salary is $50 million. And by making that fourth year salary $50 million, it made his per year average $37.5 million. Did I don't Derek, know if he's getting the fourth year. He's never getting no. $50 million no. from the Saints for year four. No. But did Derek Carr ask for that to be put in just so he could say, <laughs> my average salary is above $35 million? I think he did. Because why else would you be like, yeah, give me a fourth year for $50 million that I'm never going to right. see? I, th- I honestly think part of the negotiation was put in that a big a fourth year. That would be a car thing to do. Yeah. That would be a car thing to do. I need my brother to go on NFL Network and right. say, oh, right. he got more than $35 million a yeah. year. Yeah. When in reality, he got $70 million over two years, right. which is right on $35 million. But hey, let's throw the $50 million in there. So, car get a good deal? I mean, he got... He got thirty more than he did. I, I'm all for everyone guaranteed getting money as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, get as much as you can, especially when what is he? Thirty one. Yep, he's well, thirty one years old. Well, quarterbacks he's been in, can play till they're like right, forty five. Right. He's in so like ten years. He got the, he got thirty more than he would have. I, yeah. I think that's a good deal. Uh, he didn't really get long term assurances, though. I don't know that he ever was going to get a true three or four year deal with more guaranteed money. <laughs> he got that no trade. What again. is up with the no what trade is, clause? What is he and his agent with the no trade clause. He got that thing again. I watch that. I'm like, is he? He's he's throwing that in there again. Is he worried New Orleans is going to ship him and off he, somewhere? Yeah. But back to the Raiders. Good for him. I mean, that's probably, in all honesty, if you can get that, it's great. I I don't know how I don't know how you would do this, and it would be different for every player. But I wish we could almost assign a dollar value to a no trade clause because that has a significant amount of value mm-hmm. because oh, it's huge. we just saw it. It He got to control his own yes. destiny. If he doesn't have that no trade clause, maybe he gets traded to a team that, by that the he Raiders. Like. Right. But instead, he got to basically force his way into free agency and ultimately end up signing with where he wanted to go. And now he's got it again. I wish we had a way to assign a dollar value because that's... That's worth. I mean, that's worth more than the fourth year on the deal that has fifty million. Yeah, but like you said, it'd be different for different positions. Right. It'd be different for different guys, especially positions. Because some guys might be like, ah, I don't care too much what the. Uh, yeah, I see Jared standing outside the window, waving. He's near Flamingo is, Road. Is Jared like the least productive member yes. of a show around here? I'm trying to figure out why he's on that side. He's Isn't just he walking outside. What's he doing? What's he supposed to be doing at this I moment? I thought he's running the healthy show. He's at a bus stop right now, <laughs> waving at us. Is he really? Yes. <laughs> he just came by the. He just came by the. Uh, he just came by the window and started waving at people. Lindsay, you don't have a mic. You can't talk. Nobody can hear I'm that except here. us. And Ed and I both responded to you yes. as if everybody else could hear you. I have no voice. All right. So to bring it to the Raiders, I said this before he became a free agent. They should have held on to him, passed the deadline, and traded him. Derek Carr has now signed. He's the first quarterback to sign with a new team and got more guaranteed money, a better contract than he had if the Raiders had just held on to him. 
Should they have held on to him, and would they have been able to trade him? I think they would have been able to trade him. I think they would have been able to trade him if they held on to him, yeah. I don't know what the give back would have been at that point, but you can get something from it. Would have been better than letting him walk you, for yeah. free. I mean, they didn't got they got nothing for him. The here here was the 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 problem with keeping Derek Carr past that deadline was that you wouldn't have the cap space, right? Getting rid of Derek Carr freed up cap space. Yeah. But Derek Carr is signed with the New Orleans Saints before free agency has even started, which means Derek, in my mind, the Raiders probably could have traded Derek Carr before free agency even started. And meaning, still got enough that he still got enough the cap hit. Meaning the cap space would have but, still yeah, existed. Exactly. And so, what I think we've learned here is the Raiders, out of I don't know embarrassment, out of pride, lost out on what would have been a helpful asset by not holding on to Derek Carr. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, they would, like I said, what, all right, let me ask you this. What do you think they would have gotten back from at this point if they would have held on to him and the Saints said, we need him, we're going to trade for him? I mean, what if it's a, who cares? I mean, I guess who cares if it's a draft pick back, you get something from her. I think they could have gotten a first-round pick. Really? I mean, that's what quarterbacks get traded for. Maybe it's a second-round pick because of the untenable situation. They benched him, and he wasn't going to play for him again. But quarterbacks I mean, get traded have- for first-round picks. Yeah, I just wonder because he got bent, like you said, how much leverage they had. And maybe it's only a second. Maybe it's a third. It's still better no, than nothing. it's still better nothing. than nothing. And that's the part that always surprised me is that in well, a league... Are they worried no one wanted him? I mean, hold, I guess. On, to, hold on to him and, and, and trade him unless you're worried you're not going to get anything and then he's going to be sitting yeah. in the weight room with, <laughs> with some, uh, Richie Incognito who's not playing anymore, but he'll be on the treadmill still. It's I it's honestly the only thing that makes sense is they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to trade him. He'd still be on the roster, whatever it was, because that's the only thing that makes sense. They they let a quarterback walk in a league where quarterbacks good quarterbacks they don't hit unrestricted free agency in this league. It no. just it just does no. not happen. You use the franchise tag, you sign guys to extensions, like you keep them and trade them. Yeah. You, they do not hit just straight up free agency very often in the NFL if you're any good. And obviously, the Saints think Carr's pretty good. They just signed him to be their starter. Right. Gave him a no trade clause too. I just I think they completely mishandled the asset management at the end of the day. Because once you bench Carr, he's effectively just an asset, and you're just trying right. to get well. Him. You're just trying to get rid of him, right? And they could have gotten rid of him and gotten something for him, but they didn't do that. And now they he's, must have been scared that nothing was coming back, which. Doesn't make much sense because he's good enough to where you knew someone yeah. would want him. He's he signed before the, free agency yeah. started. With all the teams that need a quarterback, you knew someone yeah. would want him. So it's uh, kind of bizarre, but that's what the Raiders did, and now they don't have Derek Carr anymore. The other contract that was signed yesterday, Geno Smith, three-year deal, one hundred five million dollars. Did, did you see the guarantee? Wait to see what Derek Carr signed for, and did it exactly afterwards? And like two immediately, hours, and two hours later, immediately signed Geno Smith. Did, they, <laughs> did Derek Carr set the market? Who would you rather have, Geno Smith or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Yeah, me too. Should the Seahawks have moved on from Geno Smith? What's the alternative? <laughs> they got a top five pick. Yeah, they have Denver's pick. They could draft. They could draft. Who well, knows? Anthony Richardson this, might yeah. be the number one pick by the time we get well, to the draft. Well, you know, but with his 42 vertical. Presumably, they could have Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Right. Or maybe Bryce Young, if everybody's afraid of how tall he is. Presumably, they could have one of those three and almost for sure Will Levis. Right, they could have gotten 
a first round pick. They give Geno Smith three years, $105 million. I probably would have moved on just because Geno Smith's in the Derek Carr realm of, okay, he's fine. He's good. And you're probably going to win seven to nine games and not be a legitimately good team or so a legitimately bad a team. Contract. And see if he's any good. And, and if he's not, eh, you're picking high again. I just, I don't think either the Saints or the Seahawks are winning enough with those two guys as their quarterback. Now, the NFC quarterbacks are pretty weak. Maybe those two teams win their division or something like that, and, and they can win a playoff game because the uh, the NFC is not that great, but I just don't think either one's going to actually be good enough to do anything, and you're just sort of in this, hey, we win eight, nine games, uh, good year, we won 10, bad year, we lost, or we only won six or seven, and that's kind of your that's your outcome or realm of outcome right there. Lindsay's over here hoping Derek Carr loses every game. <laughs> Not because I don't like Derek Carr, because I hate the Saints. Okay, because she hates the Saints. <laughs> so what you're saying is I shouldn't take a future on them to win the South. <laughs> if you haven't already. I I legitimately was waiting for him to sign, and I was going to put a bunch of money on it, because I don't think anybody else is competent down there. I mean, as soon as the Panthers sign a quarterback, they're going to be the favorites to win that division. Depends on who they sign. As soon as they get a quarterback, they're going to be the favorites to win that division. Well, right. It could be Jameis Winston, and they're going to be the favorites to win that division. No. Yes. Okay, it can't be Carson Wentz, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now the Saints are plus 135. They're the favorites. Yeah. And Clear assume, favorites. I'm, I'm telling you that how the betting market value should work. As soon as the Panthers sign a competent quarterback, they're the favorites to win the division. Meaning, you should bet on them now. Come on, Danny. They're Put some better. More money on. People are always like, oh, the Saints have. They sucked last year. The Saints were bad. They played one good game and it was against the Raiders and they shut them out. Yeah. This they, isn't. They didn't allow not him past the 50 yard line until Stidham came did you see, in. Did you see Josh DeVos tweet? No, what he said. He is he is absolutely sure Carr will pass midfield <laughs> for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> at least once. Will, at least will he do it against the Raiders? They don't play until 2024. They don't play. They don't play. We oh, I thought wait they played this year. No, no it's next, next year. Next year. We got to wait a year, oh. which I, I'm very disappointed too. Thank yes. God, Carr has the no trade yeah. clause because we'll see them right. next Someone year. Someone tweeted for sure. the schedule out yesterday. Sure. And I, I had I don't remember what the schedule was for the Raiders off the top of my head, so I thought that they played this year because they played this past year and they don't. I was early bummed. No, 2024. Because so I, I thought a lot of people were talking about, oh, if he goes to the Saints, he'll play the Raiders in the first year. No. I thought I saw something I saw the schedule about that. yesterday. They don't play him. That's a bummer. Wait a year. He's got the no trade clause. He, he should have just stayed with them for one more year and then go to the Saints so that they could play each other right away. Well, he kind of got benched. Yeah. <laughs> Make $40 million on the bench. What are you doing? How much money do you have in your pocket? Business decisions. Me? Yeah. $11. I put that on the Panthers. <laughs> Come on. That's a lot of money. They're plus 270. That's six more than me. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, the Golden Knights start a five-game road trip. Who's going to be in that? To the point for McNabb. To the right for a shot. Save. Rebound loose. Goes behind. Pulled out by Bluger, who centered to the middle. Theodore with a lane. He scores! Teddy Bluger sets up Shea Theodore. The Knights take a 1-0 lead. A couple of Knights are there. Now to the slot. Matheson to the right. A shot. Quick the save. Sweeps it into the corner. 15 seconds to go. Two on two battle near side corner. Around behind. Battle for the puck. Petrangelo clears the zone off the far boards. Waffling puck. Will it be icing? No. Waved off. Four seconds to go. Montreal running out of time. Two, one. The game is over. The Golden Knights survive. Final score. Vegas four. Montreal three. 
Graney and Bischoff are back on the press box. By the way, quick note I just saw this morning Geno Smith's deal 45 or 40 million is fully guaranteed at signing. So he only got 40 million fully guaranteed. Uh, 30 less than the car, man? Yeah. Not as good as Derek Carr. No, only 40 million. I mean, Geno Smith, comparative to where you're starting last year in the season. <laughs> Derek, this year, last year he's at, making like seven dollars. You know he's got he's got less money than I do in the wallet last year, and all of a sudden now he's got forty million. That's not a bad deal. Uh, so, Gino Smith and Derek Carr both signed yesterday. Golden Knights play tonight. It's five game road trip. Uh, Four o'clock start. You can hear it over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Goaltending situation. You got Aiden Hill and Jonathan Quick as the two healthy guys at the moment. No idea when Laurent Brossard will be back. No idea when Logan Thompson. We'll be back. But if we just sort of look at the five-game road trip, how should Bruce Cassidy handle the starts over the next five? I'm going to duck here because she's going to throw a cupcake or something at me. Oh, yeah. Lindsay's in here. You got cupcakes? 3-2 Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill in three of the five games. Don't you have to see what you have in Quickie given he played against Montreal? Probably. You don't have a mic, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I should yell at Ed. (laughs) I'm just waiting. To, she's a she's quickie. She's quickie. No uh, no jersey this morning. You ready for for what it should be? All uh, five. Uh, yeah, oh no, all five. Uh, quickie. Jonathan Quick. All five of them should be to Jonathan Quick. Every to see single, what you have. In every him? single one of them should be Jonathan Quick. This team gets to the postseason. What are the chances Aiden Hill is the starting goaltender? Probably not great, but I'm also I'm also saying that a lot of those other guys are going to be back. If Laurent Brossois comes back, back, he's ahead of Aiden Hill. If Logan Thompson comes back, he's ahead of Aiden Hill. The only way Aiden Hill is your starting goalie in the postseason is if Brossois is still hurt, Thompson is still and hurt, stinks. and Quick is horrible. Right? That's the only way. You don't want to keep you don't want to keep banking some points with the guy who looked pretty good last week against two really good teams. He's awful for the entire part of the season. Like until they but traded he might for have Jonathan found Quick. Himself, Tyler, he might have found himself. <laughs> All right, give him a game. Okay. <laughs> In a month. <laughs> I would start Jonathan Quick as much as I could. Now, if you start Jonathan Quick and he's got like back-to-back games where he's just awful, then yeah, you go to Aiden Hill, and hell, you might pull quick in the game if he's that bad. But to me, the chances Aiden Hill is starting goalie in the postseason is so slim that I don't really want to effectively waste time playing him in a lot of games, right? Obviously, you're not going to end up playing Jonathan Quick on all five of these games on the road trips. They're going to play Aiden Hill. But I think you give Jonathan Quick... With the opportunity to prove whether he has it? As many chances as you can without you know, hurting yourself in the standings, right? And the Pacific's pretty tight, so only a couple of games Kings would hurt again you. Last yeah. night. So they're they're tied, right? Kings it's have played points. a couple more games, yeah. but they're tied yeah. in terms of total points. Exactly. The Knights have a couple in hand. So, again, you don't want to give Jonathan Quick five straight games and he'd be awful he five stinks. straight and you lose all five, but I'd be willing to give him a couple of games just because I don't think there's much upside with Aiden Hill in terms of this year and the postseason and who's going to be your goalie? Well, there's a couple games, 3-2. I'd give him less than that. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would put as much John I'd get as much Jonathan Quick okay, out there. Okay, now let me ask you what do you think they'll do? 3-2 Aiden Hill. Okay. 
I think is what we'll see from Bruce Cassidy because I do think there's I would guess there's part of Bruce Cassidy that wants to reward him for that last start when he was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it probably the best goaltending performance they've had all season right. from any of these goals. Really so there's going to be some level of reward and some level of, oh, can he do that again? And the answer is probably not because we had a whole, you know, what's he played, 20 games this year or something like that right. where he hasn't done that. So it'll probably be 3-2 Aiden Hill, but I think they should give Jonathan Quick uh, a little more playing time even if it's unearned based on the way he played for the majority of the season with L.A. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say based on the third period the other day. but Well, I mean, it's Montreal. Yeah, yeah. it was Montreal. <laughs> the Canadian. By the way, Lindsay, I'm going to break my own rule. I just need to take a victory lap really quick. Oh, God. Do, do you happen to remember... Hold, uh, on. Hold on. Let's see if this mic moves. About two weeks ago, the mic is probably going to fall oh, right it off. it moves, but it's about <laughs> to drop. the floor. Uh, do you do you remember about two weeks ago when I said the Golden Knights trade for a goalie at the trade deadline? Yes, I do yeah. remember that conversation we had at Lay. Yeah, yeah, and what they do? They went on trade for a okay, goalie, right. but conditions changed. What what conditions? You are, we had Laurent Brassois get hurt, so we no, had that, to go yeah. out and get a goalie. That was a completely different situation. So that we can happens. both be right. No, yeah. no, that's not how I went around here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your show, your mic. <laughs> Hold on, come back, come oh, back, God. come back. You like Jonathan Quick a lot. I'm a huge oh, fan. Huge. Does he? Huge fan. Is he done though? Like he's been. He hasn't been. He's been bad this year. His last yeah. five years haven't really been good last either. Year he was good. Is he done? Like, is there any reason to think Jonathan Quick is going to be a legitimately good goalie in the postseason for the Golden Knights, or even just the last however many games he plays? I'll ten say games. This. The, the day that they traded for him, I was just bad idea. Don't know why we're doing this. This is an invitation into chaos, but I've felt better and better each day as it's passed on because ultimately this is one of the best competitors I've ever watched. And, and he's a guy that can capture those moments of magic, especially in the postseason. And they gave up absolutely nothing for him. So it's just kind of, you know, a, a flyer on a guy that could get hot. And as you mentioned, they needed to bolster that position given how thin they were at it. So it was better than any other option that they could have taken. Will it work out? Unsure, but it's better than nothing. Is he better than Michael Hutchinson? I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen Michael Hutchinson play. <laughs> Neither have the Golden Knights. I, I feel bad. Retro, retro, retro <laughs> playing that People guy. are like, oh, they really don't like him. And I thought to myself, you know, if you have Logan Thompson comes in and beats you out, or Laurent Brissois comes in and beats you out, everybody that they bring into the organization and they beat you out, you're probably not here for the long run. And so that's the way it is. He's like the boogeyman. Best man. wishes to uh, your time in Columbus. Let me tell you about how many trash cans I've thrown up on High Street. It is a time. <laughs> what city haven't you thrown up in? <laughs> A few. I still have some that are unscathed. Not many. All right. Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, David Roth joins the show. Subscribe to The Distraction, a multitude production for Defector. Listen to The Distraction wherever you get your podcasts. He is adorned in flannel and still doesn't have a building super. He eats soup cooked on a hot plate. David Roth from Defector is here to tell us about his uninstalled appliances. All right, David, uh, we're going to end on more fun stuff, but we'll start with something kind of serious. What happens to John Morant here? Oh, boy. It's the uh, when keeping it real goes wrong, uh, getting its <laughs> reboot for this generation. Really kind of a bummer, man, because he seems like... 
I don't know. Like, I feel like some of this could just be solved by removing Instagram from every NBA player's phone. <laughs> but like, there's no, there's a guarantee that just Kyrie is just a guy who likes to smoke pot and he has no political ideas at all. <laughs> if you remove, you like the opportunity to scroll on an app. The Moran thing is tough because it's like obviously I can't call it. I was not, you know, rich and 22 years old and famous like. And if you look at the decisions that I made when I was broke and 22 years old and obscure, it's like it's not like I can give anybody advice on how not to be stupid at that age. I do feel like um, live-streaming yourself shirtless in a strip club, which, first of all, that's not your job. That's another person's job. And then you're holding a gun up, too. Like, I think this is the sort of thing where I've seen people talk about this because uh, Udonis Haslam's retiring. And I've seen people, I think they're joking, but I'm not sure, where they were like, the Grizzlies should just bring back Zach Randolph and make him hang around John Moran all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, just have somebody in there who's just like, uh, you know, like the way that teams have like skills coaches or coaching, you know, like uh, guys that focus on shooting. There should be just a real keeping guy or like Carmelo or something like that. It's like, no, do not go live right now. <laughs> Don't do it. I just think, you know, so much of this is a who you surrounding yourself with, get rid of your guys around you, but. And I know he's 22, but at some point, you know, uh, self-responsibility here. I don't know if just, hey, remove yourself from these people. Yeah. I mean, that seems, and that's a hard thing, too, because it's like, these are his friends, and yet it's clear that, like, it's crazy that we know their names. It's the guy, like, Devontae Packers, one of his buddies, that, like, he's been in enough stories that I know who he is. He doesn't play basketball. He doesn't do anything. There's no reason for me to know his name except for the fact that I've seen it Every time there's something involving John Morant getting in trouble, his name appears at some point in the body of that story. Like, it's tough. I mean, I, I think the, the thing that I'm curious about with it is, like, there's a couple of ways that this could go, right? And, like, some of them are bad. And I haven't seen anything that's, like, suggesting that he's really putting himself in a position where, like, he's just being stupid. Like, beating up a kid in a pickup game or whatever. Like, that's bad. But it's not... Like, he's out there doing Javaris Crittenden stuff. I think you just need to make sure that you're getting it at the right time. You know, that, like, if this is a, you know, I think that it's hard. Three white guys on the radio talking about what a 22-year-old, like, black athlete is doing. It's hard. And yet, at the same time, like, you don't want to be too late on something like this. And it is serious. And it's not the sort of thing that, like, it can get much worse very quickly and then get much harder to fix. It seems like the team is on it. Maybe he wants it, you know, to be better than it is. Allen Iverson wound up having a long career that was comparatively controversy-free after the initial part of it, and that's my hope. Is that at some point he just gets tired of getting in trouble and getting yelled at all the time and changes some stuff. Who in your family? Would you call to come back you up if you got in an argument with a finish line employee? <laughs> I think that it depends on what we're trying to, to do with that. Because uh, I have a nephew who's 11 and delights in annoying people. <laughs> and so, like, if I had to, like, if it was going to be, you know, like uh, what the Morant family uh, move was, which was basically just uh, I need a bunch of people that are I'm related to by blood to beat up a stranger right now. I don't have that many people in the fa- in my family that are really that threatening. You know, my cousin Maddie was a Navy SEAL, but he's like 45 now, and he lives in like San Diego. He's way far away. Uh, but if I had to annoy a person, I would just call my 11 year old nephew and be like, "Go off!" Like, just tell him about <laughs> tell him about uh, Minecraft, and like, do not leave out any details. 
Uh, all right. In the NBA, some uh, more fun stuff. Do you believe the Dallas Mavericks will get a single defensive stop in the playoffs? <laughs> really depends who they're playing. Like, what if they wind up matched up with uh, a Horizon League team? <laughs> or um, <laughs> it's rough. I, so I have seen some very bad defense the last, just basically like since the trade deadline. I think the games have been really fun. I watched a lot of the Clippers, uh, sort of mostly, you know, by accident because they've had a lot of national games. And uh, the Mavericks' defense is, I would say, just especially um, in terms of, like, Luka and Kyrie really just constantly colliding, like outfielders chasing the same fly ball. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff there that is bad in ways that I haven't seen before. The Clippers, it's a a thing where, like, (laughs) as soon as they, they got their roster squared away, they're ready to do it, and then there's just less effort than I've seen from a team at this point in the season that's, like, in the playoffs than I've ever seen. So there's really uh, the Mavericks. I feel like they're kind of trying. It's just that they uh, they really do not seem cut out to stop another team on defense. I'd love it if they could win games, you know, one thirty two to one twenty eight in the playoffs. Though everybody knows that's not how playoff basketball works. So might be a short visit. You haven't been excited about Russ. So he's been peak Russ. I mean, it's like you get the whole thing because there's moments he kept them in. That game, oh gosh, I'm forgetting who it was. The one that they lost basically because he dropped a very easy pass out of bounds. It's like two games, two games ago. He was the only guy that was really playing in that game. He was fantastic. And yet he's still rough. And like in the last two minutes of any game, he's going to commit a turnover that you've never seen before. This is like somehow how he's aging. He's not slowing down. Like he can still beat anybody off the dribble. It's just that like intermittently he forgets how to use his hands. That's a really tough way to go. Speaking of which, I had to ask you this. Are you as enamored with hand size from the combine as we are? It's always funny to me because I feel like at this point, like Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow to me is like, it's the last word in this. If we're going to talk about it, it's only because it's funny. But it is so funny the way that it gets talked about that like as if it were, you know, sort of. Like, I'm sure that like Kyle Bowler had like big hands. You know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of guys, there's been enough quarterbacks. At this point, that at some point it's like there's outliers in both directions, but hearing it talked about in a scientific way is perfect football stuff to me because it's just a number. Like if someone's just saying like nine and three quarters inches, and then everybody nods like it's meaningful, like that's the football discourse I want. That's like classic pseudoscience stuff. What are you, what are you all like about it? Like what's the uh, is it just like is it that the tone of it? So Jared is not here today unfortunately. This is Jared's favorite topic and he is bled into us unfortunately. Uh basically Jared thinks if you have small hands you are going to fumble every time you are hit and unfortunately he was kind of proven correct over the last 3 years with Derek Carr fumbling like i think the second most times in the NFL and Derek Carr has yeah. like only Kenny Pickett has smaller hands in the NFL than Derek Carr I mean i think that part of the problem and so this is why it's interesting too cuz like some of that is like it probably is true another more salient problem is that we're talking about Kenny Pickett and, <laughs> and Derek Carr <laughs> who are like they're guys that make mistakes i it's like Carr getting all this guaranteed money from New Orleans makes me, I'm at this point, like perfectly fine with whatever the Giants pay Daniel Jones. Like, I, there's no number that would surprise me, but Derek Carr hitting, you know, whatever, not even quite free agency and just being released 
if that's where the market is for the Derek Carr experience on a team that like thinks it's going to make the playoffs next year, then I have no idea what everybody else is going to get paid. Certainly, the Geno Smith deal looks like an incredible savings now because like he's actually kind of good. So forget about the pitch clock. Is the best story of spring training Miguel Vargas not swinging every time he goes up to bat? <laughs> it's exciting. It's nice <laughs> to see uh, people turning over a new leaf that way. <laughs> I haven't really been able to uh, see a lot of. I've been you know watching Mets spring training, but they play the same three or four teams. What is Dodgers spring training like? Because there's a lot of like uh, sort of recognizable names that you could get in like the twentieth round of a fantasy draft this year. In that, it's like. <laughs> How, how's everybody doing? Not well. And the Padres keep signing people to long-term deals. Now Soto's going to get some record deal. It's over, man. It's over. Padres are the best team in that division. I'm, I'm completely depressed about it. You know, he hasn't swung. He's, he's, he's missing the WBC so he can play more shortstop. I mean, I don't know. It's just absolutely depressing being a Dodger fan watching this. And we already have Max Muncy who doesn't swing. So now we got a bunch of guys who don't even want to swing the bat. But think about how quickly their walks are going to go now. you got a pitch clock on it. you just got 15 minutes of your night back every night watching these guys walk to first and then get stranded by a 39-year-old J.D. Martinez. Uh, before we let you go, the World Baseball Classic starts tonight, Cuba and the Netherlands. Have you seen videos of Lars Newtbar playing for Japan, though? Wait, what? Yeah, so Lars Newtbar, I think his mother has some Japanese heritage. Maybe she's from Japan. I don't actually know. But he's playing for Japan, and he's been wherever they've been playing. They've already been playing games. Yeah, he's over there. I saw there was a video of one of the Japanese players like talking to five or six players before a game, and the pa- camera just pans to Lars Nootbar, and he says, so what'd he say? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. See, this is what's good about the World Baseball Classic, is that there's... Like, the baseball is highly variable. You know, there's a lot of teams that they'll wash out pretty quick. But it's always when there's one recognizable American player on a team that, like, clearly someone was, like, going through Eric Sogard's 23andMe thing and was like, oh, wow, you are Czech. Did you know that? And he's like, no, absolutely not. And then now he's there. That's, that's their go-to guy. Lars Nudbar is a funnier one because it's like, I feel like if your name is Lars Nudbar and you play for the Cardinals and someone comes up to you and is like, I don't know how to break this to you, but you are Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> you would have some questions, I feel like. Uh, but I'm glad that he's uh, getting to do that. That sounds like incredible filmmaking, what you described there, if nothing else. It's going to be uh, phenomenal television when Lars Nootbar and Shohei Otani go back-to-back against, uh, who knows, the Dominican yeah. Republic in the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> yep. I think that that's the sort of thing where you wouldn't even think to dream it, because I think you're, you're, even your unconscious <laughs> mind would be like, I don't think Lars Nootbar should be on that roster. He's... And yet... Go ahead. Finish up. I was like, what a world of wonders. Can I do one quick bit? There's a question that you didn't ask me during yeah. this appearance. Yes. Yep, did I fail? I Go wish ahead. you would ask me. Do you have a dishwasher? A... I do, and it works. Oh, David what Roth. Did what are we the end of the run. <laughs> We've even got imaging for this stuff. Uh, looks like we got to create a new open. Oh, man. <sighs> when... so, so, I feel bad for Jared. I, I meant to send him a text, but the guy that put it, it honestly has been installed for 10 minutes. But I uh, so right before I called, like as like Dim and Danny called me, 
I was just pushing the start and cancel button and hearing the beep and being like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so it is, it is in there. We did it. <laughs> now job. we got to talk about sports. Okay, all right. But when before we let you go, can you go back to your dishwasher so we can hear the beeps? Yeah, it's kind of a dead spot, but hang on. Let me see if I can uh, make <laughs> oh, good, it happen. Oh, good, If the, if the call drops, that's life. even better. We if the call drops. We need right. dishwasher. Yeah, we're we're we ready go. for it. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to count you down. Uh, we did you're breaking up but we heard the beep in the background all right david uh i think we're never going to talk to you again good luck with your dishwasher thanks david well i'm this concludes this experiment thank you very much (laughs) finally got one david roth from defector uh always great to talk to david and now he's got a dishwasher what are we gonna talk about and now we gotta make a new uh, a new intro well next week find out does he have an oven remember the oven got picked up and moved out of the uh, kitchen now it's it's teased till next week danny stick around for seven days when we find out if David Roth has an oven next He's got day. a chance because Jared's wandering the streets. So there's a good chance you will be here next week. When talk <laughs> I could be. <laughs> All right. Coming up next year on ESPN Las Vegas, we jump back into the NFL. Going to let it fly deep. Metcalf watches O Lockett. Gets there to make a catch. How did Lockett make that catch between two defenders? And all of a sudden, Lockett shot through the front of the end zone and makes the catch for six. Another deep play touchdown. Back to the Finley Toyota Studios for Granny and Bischoff on the press box. Here's a story we didn't get to last week. Did you see the NFLPA and the report cards on each NFL team? I did see these. This is like the NFLPA creating sports media style content is my favorite yeah. thing. Like, ah, let's do report cards on every let's team and of, make uh, it public. Yeah, ask, ask the guys what they think about their teams. Hilarious to me. So the NFLPA puts out essentially report cards. The Raiders had the third best report yeah. card. The categories that were graded were uh, treatment of families, food service, weight room and strength coaches, training room and training staff, locker room, and team travel. And the Raiders got at least a B or higher in all of those categories. Most of them, they actually got an A in. This is the Raiders' own players grading their team, uh, which, good job, Raiders. They uh, have a they yeah. treat their players well, it appears. Uh, but the one note, which was apparently not one of the graded categories, at this workplace, the lowest grade was the coaching staff. Player respondents felt that head coach Josh McDaniels is less likely to listen to his players and keeps them for longer hours than other head coaches around the league. Longer hours are not correlated to winning at seven of the top eight coaches rated as being most efficient with their players' time in the 2022 survey that made the playoffs this year. This is Doesn't this go back also to his Denver days? Yes. Like the control and, and wanting like ultimate control of things and... Keeping guys laid and all that, all the all the sayings he put up, all the you know supposed your the, posters. Yeah. You are the one that likes these posters. I love the posters. Hard work beats talent when <laughs> talent doesn't, doesn't work, work hard. hard. Yes, hard vs. I love that. I got a lot of shirts with the, uh, the for the softball team with the sayings on the back. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You were basically Josh McDaniels of yes. softball. Yeah, <laughs> kids softball. We kept those kids late. The parents were always mad at me. <laughs> so the story on that, and I cannot remember who it was, but it was a Bron- Broncos offensive lineman. I can't remember which one it was. But he basically came out and was telling stories about when Josh McDaniels was the head coach. And one of them was 
that they had those motivational quotes or sayings like painted on walls around mm-hmm. the facility. And he would ask players to recite them. And if you got it wrong, you would get yelled at. Mm-hmm. Like that's how insane he was about something that's meaningless. Like who cares if I know the saying hard work beats talent and talent doesn't work hard. You love that one. It's just the one our high school baseball coach had shirts made. So yes, we had like yes. 20 guys walking around every day wearing this damn shirt. Yes. I think it's stupid. I, I think every high school has yes. that shirt. <laughs> and every softball team, at least one. And it's incredibly wrong. I could work extremely hard. I'm not beating LeBron James at a basketball game. It's not happening. I could work extremely hard. I'm probably not beating Curtis Terry at a basketball Boy, game. You're a, down, a Debbie Downer, man. Yeah. What, what do you mean about Debbie Downer? I mean, you you got to be you good at the sport, too. You can't, uh, you, you can't disregard it. Lindsay's over here. She's on my side on this. She's, Absolutely. She's on my yeah, side man. on this. Yeah. Ed, she doesn't have a mic. <laughs> Ed's shoulder, like his little conscience. Yes, hard work beats talent. Yeah. Yes, yes, when talent doesn't work hard, you're darn right. So to ask you a semi-serious question <laughs> that obviously we don't have the answer to, but Josh McDaniel's tenure in Denver was a disaster. Not yes. a lot of great stories, just n- not the football side, just the leadership side from Josh McDaniels. Did he learn anything? He gets the job here, gets asked about it, and he says in his press conference, I've, I've learned. learned a lot. Right. And now we've got Raiders players saying, yeah, he keeps us here a really long time, and he doesn't listen to us. I just think that that's probably who he is. So he hasn't learned that. He hasn't learned that part of it, if that's what they're saying about him. And that was the biggest complaint. Well, maybe not the biggest, but that was was one of the big ones in Denver. Was, hey, he's keeping us too long. And I've got, I love that line, by the way, from the NFLPA to say longer hours are not correlated to winning. So Andy Reid keeps his guys for like 10 minutes? He said, get out. Well, no. The thing, Andy Reid doesn't keep the players. The players are like, hey, Andy, what if we did a ring around the rosy huddle before we snapped the ball? They're, prob- <laughs> they're probably asking him about all of his recipes. That's right. <laughs> exactly. They're there a long his time. Mac they and just... cheese, his mac and cheese recipe. And Andy's trying to get out of there to go home. They're like, coach, coach, tell us about this new one you got. Are we watching film ever? No, ring well. We're watching film on Ring Around the Rosie, so we perfect it. We got to try it out against the Raiders. That way, we can do it in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. By the way, I believe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. When they did it against the Raiders, all eleven players did yes. the Ring Around the yes. Rosie, but yes. against the Eagles, the offensive no. line did not. The, the it was just skill position. Yes, exactly. So they had to try it out, and I bet the old linemen were like. Phew. That's too much. We're That's too a lot tired. of moving. It's a lot of moving. They for got us. too dizzy. They were like, ah, yeah. you can't ask me to go block they after doing that. Fell down. They're so dizzy. <laughs> so it's a good thing they tried it out. They the Raiders were their test dummy to see, hey, does this work? And then we'll do it in the Super Bowl. They might have been a test dummy against a lot of people. Yeah, it's that happened. The Saints Saints shut out the quarterback, and we're like, we gotta have that guy. That's by the he way, didn't get past midfield. That's one of the funniest things. Worst offensive game of the season for the Raiders. And actually, they gave $70 million Yeah, and they're like, sign us up. We'll get him across midfield at least once. He's no Jarrett Stidham, though.